Today on Media Download, from Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Merrill Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. With this regular podcast, we hope to be giving you some of the most current and best insights into media and technology issues. On this episode, we'll be talking about recent presidential primary results in Iowa with essayist and opinion writer for New York Magazine, Frank Rich. Prior to that position, Frank Rich held multiple roles at the New York Times, a known political commentator and the co-executive producer of the HBO series Veep. In fact, Frank worked at the New York Times for 31 years, and he carries his soul with it, I'm sure, in many ways, in his work in Los Angeles on Veep. Well, welcome, Frank. Hi. Nice to talk to you, Merrill. Good to talk to you, Frank. Um, so uh, we're the day after Iowa, and I guess four people are declaring victory at this point. <laughs> um, there were only two victors, really. And, and among the things we've learned from Iowa is that, once again, polls and pundits can be wrong. Um, how does it all strike you? Well, I do think uh, the last thing you said is, the, is really the headline of this entire election cycle, uh, people have been in 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 our business uh, and and associated businesses have been called almost everything uh, incorrectly. Um, you know, a data driven column like the upshot uh, at the New York Times was seeing Trump uh, his campaign being in ruins after he insulted John McCain. Um, Nate Silver thought there was only a twenty percent chance as of last weekend that Bernie Sanders would win uh, Iowa, which he did not. Hillary eked it out, but it's so close to call, it shows how sort of useless that prediction was in terms of the, of the bigger picture. Um, so this morning, uh, there are certain storylines that are emerging. One is that Trump is now a loser, and maybe and his obituaries are starting to be written again. Another is that Rubio, by being a strong third, is the establishment candidate, and now possibly a favorite for the nomination, because who would uh, really want Trump or uh, Cruz on top of the ticket? And in the Democratic side, it's it's very much more muddled. I think no one knows what to make of it, uh, and, and, and I might include myself in that category, except I do think we have a situation where, we ha- where Hillary Clinton remains the front-runner by far in terms of establishment clout, money, uh, and a a primary map that favors her as we get out of essentially all white states where Bernie Sanders is stronger. He doesn't have much of an African-American uh, following. But we don't really know what's going to happen. And I think we have to remember it's the, f- the first primary or caucus, if you will, and everything is up for grabs in 2016. Um, the, sticking with the media a component of this for a minute, Frank, uh-huh. you know, one of the things that strikes me about um, this campaign is that among the things we do every cycle is write off traditional media and write off media as important because the candidates are going over the heads of media and all of that. 
It strikes me that media, and in particular Hillary's uh, failure to use it effectively and Trump's use of it effectively, Sanders using it effectively, remain pretty darn powerful. You agree? Do you mean old media in this I, sense? I, I mean media broadly defined. I mean, well, media, media of course remains uh, powerful, but it's so, um, as you know better than anyone, it's it's so fractionalized now that the days where there was a Johnny Apple of uh, the New York Times or a David Broder of the Washington Post uh, setting any kind of agenda or sort of uh, consensus in the political and media class, that's gone. Um, and so it's it's very hard to assess with all these sort of contradictory media what has clout and what doesn't. One point I'd like to make, one thing I feel that has been missed by uh, sort of the mainstream media, for lack of a better word, is a certain component of right-wing media. During, people are, are surprised uh, this, this go-round that Trump is challenging Megyn Kelly, challenging Roger Ailes at Fox. Um, but the fact is, and if, during the 2012 campaign, I did a piece where I just, during the Republican convention, I listened or read really right-wing media. I don't mean Fox News. The liberal press tends to think of right-wing media as Fox News plus Rush Limbaugh. But I listened to Mark Levin. I listened to Michael Savage, I, uh, Dana Loesch, all these people uh, on the on the real right, and what was fascinating was they loathed um, Mitt Romney, they loathed Ann Romney, uh, they didn't much like Paul Ryan, they didn't much like Fox News, they hated Karl Rove, they thought uh, they were being sold out by the Republican establishment, and that is the real base of the Republican Party, not Fox News. And if you listen to that media, you see they're quite powerful, and they've done a lot to power uh, Cruz and Trump uh, to the top of this race. And so I feel we have, when we talk about media, you're right, it has to be a really, really uh, broad look at what media means. And, of course, there's social media and all that as well that's a component of, uh, of the other means of uh, media transmission. But, but, but what could be more traditional other than radio? And you Nothing. know, yes. <laughs> th those people who are listening to uh, to, uh, to to Hugh Hewitt and uh, and Michael Savage and so on and so forth, they're getting it in as conventional means as possible. They're getting it in their cars and getting it on the box radio, sitting on their kitchen table, and some of them are streaming and so forth. But it does support my point that conventional media and media in its many forms matter. And there are some people who are saying that uh, Trump's failure to show up the other night for the Fox debate was critical in um, in bringing him into second place uh, in Iowa. That strike you as plausible? Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, I guess so. And wh how, what's the case? Explain the case to me. I'm not sure I quite understand well, the, the, the case. The case is that he had an opportunity to shine in front of a large regional audience for Iowans. He chose uh, not to attend, and others shined in ways that they wouldn't have been had Trump dominated that stage. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure that. I mean, I, look, I think it's a plausible argument. I'm not sure it's true, I, I, uh, because you could also make the case that uh, Trump would have been uh, savagely attacked because the other guys had nothing to lose at this point as Iowa approached. And that the real point for Cruz, which is that Cruz had a, a strong uh, evangelical 
following in a state where where there's already in the Republican caucus a huge evangelical turnout that was even higher than usual. And I'm not sure whether the debates or Trump's non-participation in it had anything to do with it. It's one of those things like the Palin endorsement of Trump. Did that have enough, did that help him or hurt him? I don't think we really know. Um, but I do think that Cruz had to win Iowa. He's a, he has evangelical appeal, starting with his father, uh, opening his campaign um, at Liberty University, uh, the Jerry Falwell School uh, in Virginia. All of that had to pay off. And I don't know if the, the last debate had anything to do with it or not, um, that he, that he uh, did as well as he did. He had to do it, and he did. Um, let's talk about one of the things that comes up at this time in every presidential campaign, and that is, will this be the year we talk about substance and not horse race? And the, it seems to me the data is overwhelming at this moment. We're talking about horse race and not substance. Fair enough? Fair enough. I do think that we've got to – I mean, horse race is interesting, obviously, and, it's, and because it's been so unpredictable or been predicted wrong by so many people at so many junctures, even at this early stage – it has a dramatic fascination. But the substance is real because uh, the Republican Party uh, is really in the midst of a, of a civil war between a sort of hard right, anti-establishment, uh, and I think majority of the Republican base. It's represented by Trump and Cruz, and then a uh, what's left of the so-called slightly more moderate establishment. And that's about substance. There are real differences, uh, Trump and Cruz on one hand, and the rest of uh, the minority, in my view, of the party uh, on the other end. You know, it's led by the immigration issue. So that's important. I feel in the case of uh, uh, Sanders and Clinton, their differences are not as big as advertised or, tr- or as trumped up, if I can use that verb, as either of them would suggest. They're not very different on guns, despite some holes in uh, Bernie Sanders' anti-gun record. They're not really very different on health care, government health care, just more a matter of methods than substance. On foreign policy, there is a difference, um, and I'm not, because Hillary Clinton's more hawkish, but I'm not sure foreign policy is even figuring in this election, despite the rise of terrorism and so forth. So, there is a big substantive battle uh, in, within the Republican Party. Then once they decide where they're, how they're going to resolve it, there will be a huge substantive uh, battle between the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee, no matter who they are. One of my favorite uh, points to make, or things that are uh, the things that are annoying me about this campaign, is uh, the press's unwillingness to spend any time and energy on Trump's record. Uh, in other words, he presents himself as someone who will solve policy problems by being a deal maker. But his record as a deal maker, his record in starting um, fiascos in the business community like Trump University, I don't know how much you've read about that, but it's a fiasco. Oh, yes. It's a documented fiasco. He never gets asked about any of that. And it frustrates the heck out of me. That well, I don't, I, I don't blame you. And it's particularly interesting when you think that um, he's. Some of these debates have been held at a so-called uh, business network, Fox Business Network. Um, there has been some very good reporting. For instance, just in the past week, um, Tim O'Brien, who used to be a reporter and editor at the business section of the New York Times, and in fact, like a decade or so say ago, was 
sued by Trump for his reporting in a suit that was thrown out of court, just had a huge piece in Bloomberg where he now writes about uh, Trump as a completely failed uh, deal maker, uh, completely screwing up everything, um, uh, Hudson Yards and other and other things that that he really vied for in New York City and failed to achieve. Um, as anyone who follows Trump business uh, knows, a lot of what he does is simply a branding operation. He takes credit for buildings he didn't build, even if he succeeds in putting uh, his name on them. Trump University was investigated by the New York Attorney General, basically a fake diploma mill that ripped people off. Uh, there's all this stuff. And, you know, and for all the talk about him being this great TV star, the truth is, his presidential campaign was well-timed because uh, his NBC show was fading, starting to fade anyway. But he just says anything, whether it be about himself or issues or his resume or career, and is it, you know it's, it's challenged by serious people, I think, not necessarily to his face if he lets people near his face. But you don't see it talked about uh, actually on things like uh, the Sunday morning talk shows much. You do see the challenge in the major newspapers, I mean, certainly the Washington Post, the Times and uh, the Wall Street Journal have all gone after his business record in detail, but it doesn't seem to register beyond those uh, old-time print organizations. And, and I must say, those old-time print organizations, as you call them, I think to a certain extent uh, have a, well, we've done those stories attitude about it, as if the stories they've done over the last 20 years, which were read largely by people east of the Hudson, have somehow filtered into the American consciousness. And, and I don't think they have. And I think even the old-time print organizations, as you put it, are, are letting us all down in not doing enough to revive the reporting they did that nobody saw. Well, you may be right, and it may take the fact of him actually getting near the nomination, which he's not yet, to, you know, wake them up to that. But I think it's a very good point. And also, Trump was, for much of his career, before before uh, uh, The Apprentice, um, a local story anyway. So a lot of those the stuff that was run in those papers very much New York-centric, and it was New Yorkers more than anyone else who paid attention to them, not the national audience. Frank, Frank, have you said in uh, in on the meet uh, on TV or in your writings who you'd like to see elected president? I have not, um, because you? I'm not sure myself. I certainly know whom I don't want, <laughs> and that list is led, I'd say, by uh, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. Uh, I, I don't see a Republican candidate except Kasich, who has uh, absolutely no chance of winning, uh, being even somewhat acceptable. I'm not even sure he's acceptable. Uh, my concern is, um, is stopping uh, this right, this really right-wing nativist, uh, anti-choice, uh, anti-gay uh, push uh, combined with a certain amount of jingoism on the on the right, what worries me about the Democratic side is I think both candidates are flawed. I think that Hillary Clinton, uh, as in 2008, is running a sometimes tone deaf campaign that doesn't have a clear message beyond I'm very experienced and I'm in favor of every uh, by the book uh, liberal uh, social welfare program and, and position. Um, but it's not been tied into some uh, uh, exceptional uh, message uh, that excites people, particularly young people. It's stunning how poorly she did among 
voters under 30 in Iowa. Bernie Sanders, I'm sorry, I you know I agree with a lot of what he says, not everything, but I'm I'm not sure he'd be an effective president, and I just feel uh, the chance if he were actually to be the nominee, his chances of um, of uh, winning are uh, not great. He is 74. He's Jewish, which no one seems to want to talk about. I'm Jewish myself. It's not necessarily a plus to run on a national ticket. He has, you know, branded himself as a, as a socialist, even though the term is sort of meaningless in terms of what he actually believes. And nonetheless, that's a stigma to some voters. And I, and I, I feel he could lose even against a, a weak or problematic Republican candidate. But, in the, but I don't know if Clinton uh, is a safe bet either, partially because of the financial stuff. I'm not so much worried about the... Uh, email thing or, or Bill Clinton's past or present sex life, whatever it is. But I do think uh, the potential quid, quid pro quos among donors to the Clinton Foundation, people who have paid six-figure sums to the Clintons for speeches, uh, that's a real issue. And all three major national papers have been digging into it and have yielded results. I'm sure they're continuing uh, to do so. And what if something dreadful does turn up and it turns up in august and it's too damn late uh for the democrats to find an alternative because i'm not sure they have one i mean joe biden was supposed to be the plan b he took himself out i can't imagine that he would come back under any circumstance so the weak democratic bench is a real factor of this race and is giving this kind of right-wing republicanism an opening that that it might not otherwise have I'd bet you, Frank, that Joe and uh, Jill Biden talked about the very circumstance this morning over coffee. But uh, that's another matter, and we'll we'll see what happens with the Bidens, right? Exactly. But I just don't see him coming back under any circumstances. But who knows? Well, Frank, we're out of time. We thank you for yours because we know you're in the middle of production of Veep in Los Angeles, another award-winning season. It's been great having you, great catching up with you, and hope to see you soon in New York or maybe even at Montclair State. I look forward to it very much, Merrill. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks for joining us, Frank. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. I'm Merrill Brown, and thanks so much for listening.